0: Hello, hello, hello everyone. This is Demia Avery and welcome to yet another episode of What You Do in Wilmington. This podcast is designed to shed light on the positive people, places, and things here in the beautiful city of Wilmington, North Carolina. You can catch a different episode on Thursdays and Mondays. And my intent is to help encourage and motivate others to do what they love as well as recognize those who give of themselves every day to everyone, no matter how big, how small, I see you, we see you, and it's good to be seen. All right, guys, so today's episode is entitled Transformational Thinking. Now, as most of you know, the motivation and encouragement thing, that's my thing. I, I had a podcast that did just that. It helped to, to you know, get you going and, and motivate you and but however, it's, it's great to have those things to lift us up and get us all pumped. And, you know, usually we're pumped for like a good five minutes, <laughs> five minutes, like a day or maybe even a week. But then after that, you know, we kind of, when life gets in the way, we kind of dwindle down. So I, I'm so happy to have this guest on the show because, um he's going he's gonna to explain to you because it's even better when you can stay that way, when you can stay in the change, when you can stay being pumped, you, uh, where you can stay living the life that you want to live and, and learn the tools that actually transform your life into what you've always wanted. So anyway, that leads me to my next guest. And I'm telling you, this gentleman is so inspiring. Can't wait to you, uh, for you to hear his story. And he's definitely going to get you where you need to be to make things happen in your life. So even after the interview, make sure you, you, um, if you need assistance in that, to, to look him up, to look him up and, and get at him. So coming up after the break, I have Dr. Terrence Jackson. We call him Terry Jackson. He, in my book, a transformational guru, if you will. So let's get into our interview right after the break.
1: are you ready to join the billion dollar podcasting industry if so blake's booth podcasting studio is ready for you whether you're just starting out and have no equipment or you are seasoned pro but need help with production blake's booth podcasting studio has everything you need So stop making excuses and start making your podcast, audiobook, e-course, and other online dreams come true. Call Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio now. 302-261-3530. That's 302-261-3530.
0: This is Demia Avery with What You Do in Wilmington, and I am very humbled and excited to introduce our next guest for today. He's an entrepreneur, an author, a thought leader, TEDx speaker, and an organizational consultant. He is a member of the prestigious Marshall Goldsmith, one hundred coaches, and was chosen by Thinkers Fifty as one of the top leaders in executive coaching. Please, please, please welcome the awesome, the very awesome, Dr. Terrence Jackson of JCG Consulting Group. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so very much. I'm honored and humbled to be on your show.
0: Oh, you're you're so welcome. I'm I'm really excited. I'm so glad that we were able to connect through our social media and. um Glad that we could just get you on the show. And look, as I was reading all those titles, and I know there's actually more titles, I was like, man, when does this man have time to do anything? You know?
2: You know, it's interesting because oftentimes when I hear people read that, I wonder who they're talking about.
0: (laughs) You wonder like, who? that sounds good. Who is that? (laughs) Yes.
2: You know, it's, you know, I, I just, I've been, I've been fortunate. Let me just put it that way. I've been fortunate sometimes to be in the, the right place at the right time.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, I've been fortunate to, to take some of the right risks. Um, you know, I just believe in when I'm going to say, uh, unwavering faith. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you just pick up the phone and you call
3: Yeah.
2: and you don't know who you're calling. But you end up in the right space. And That's so, right. um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm, I'm thankful. And, um, you know, I, I, um, this, this, you know, this little boy would have never thought that some of the things he's done or, or some of the people he's met, uh, that they would ever happen, but it did.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that this little boy, are you from Wilmington or where are you from?
2: Yeah, I was born and raised right here in Wilmington, North Carolina. So, um, You know, I I was here, um, you know, during the 1970, 71, 72 riots, the Wilmington 10 riots. Mm,
3: Uh, Okay.
2: I was in school, uh, second grade at the time. Um, Of course, you know, given that I was a baby in the 60s, I remember um, the night that Dr. King uh, passed, I was sitting on my grandmother's lap, you know, I was five years old. So I've had some memorable, some very memorable moments. Yeah. Um uh growing up here in, in Wilmington, seeing Wilmington, how it's grown a great deal in, in, in a lot of areas, but then how it uh hasn't grown in other areas.
0: Mm. Well that's another thing. I, I wanted to to ask you. I mean, have you ever moved away from Wilmington or have you always just stayed here?
2: Oh no, I've lived um I've you know, I went off to college after after uh high school, uh, North Carolina Central University. So I'm a- Okay. Um, and after that, I went. I I was. I lived in Atlanta as I took my first corporate position. Okay. Uh, from Atlanta, I went to Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and so I, my second corporate position was uh, at the time Mobile Oil, which is now ExxonMobil, with Mobile Oil. Mm-hmm. I lived out there for um, several years. Mm-hmm. I came back to Wilmington in the mid-90s. I was the first African-American pharmaceutical sales rep uh, in Wilmington. Nice. Okay. Um, uh, moved up to the Durham area, um, came back to Wilmington, started a business for about ten years. Uh-huh. Uh, decided to pursue my master's and my PhD. Moved back to Durham. Ended up moving to Columbus, uh, or, or, Ohio, where I ran a division of a, of a firm. Um, so I've lived all over this country, and I've probably visited every major. I've probably visited every major city in the country except uh, Minneapolis uh in seattle uh, washington Mm -hmm. uh, and portland yes i haven't been to those cities but i've traveled extensively and i've even represented the u.s government uh through the embassy in pakistan so i did a week of teaching in pakistan uh, on leadership and entrepreneurial marketing um uh, and i've also you know of course i've been to london because I went there to pick up the Thinkers Fifty Award for one of the top fifty executive coaches in the world. Hmm. Yeah, so I've traveled extensively.
0: I see that now. You traveled all. Over, you've traveled everywhere, but you, you always come back home. What is it about Wilmington that that you love? Because obviously, you got to <laughs> love it. You got to <laughs> love it because you keep coming back.
3: <laughs>
2: well, you know, I'm gonna. I'm going to. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit different and say that I don't love it. Okay. Um, let, me, let me say this. I love it, but I don't like it. And okay. so, uh, you know, just for, I'm, I'm an only child. Okay. Um, and so, you know, part of that brings me uh, back here. Um, you know, <clears throat> part of my vision of, of Wilmington kind of brings me back. I would like to see it different. Um and uh, a lot of it. My,
0: actually that was my next question <laughs> what was what is it that you want to see different because obviously i mean you you like it here because of, of family and this is where you're born and bred I, I would assume so this is where you you know want to be but I would assume that you by saying that you want to see some i guess improvements or maybe some some different things happening. What would you want those to be
2: well that's 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 an excellent question because I, I I ponder on that daily. Um, well, when I came back, I, I started doing a little bit of research around the economics of Wilmington. My PhD is in business. Okay. I said, let me kind of figure out this thing. And so I looked at a family of four African-American in Wilmington with a with a uh, average income of roughly about $23,000 a year. And that's below the poverty level. Yeah. So I look at a white family of four, um, you know, their their income for families, roughly 44000 So that's almost double. That of African Americans, and so um, you know, I, I'm big on entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it a particular way. Um, you know, I I, I don't create the large organization to bring people through a funnel. I try to do it one on one, if you will, okay. um, in, in helping people to truly uh, develop into entrepreneurs and like business people, because that's where I've been pretty much all of my life in, 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 in business. You know, even my consultancy is a business. It's a profit, there's a loss. right? And so I like to be able to see uh, the, 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 the economics and the demographics of the African American community change. And I just made a post earlier today on uh, Facebook where, you know, we, we have we have we have we have the poorest uh area mm. in the state of North Carolina mm-hmm. in Wilmington, and it is a black neighborhood. It is one of the poorest areas, in the country. Yeah. It resides right here in Wilmington.
3: Yeah. And
2: I don't know if no I don't know if a lot of people know that. Right? And so even though Wilmington is growing for a lot of people,
3: mm-hmm.
2: for a lot of other people, it is not growing. And uh, when you look at the, the numbers don't lie, when you look at the economics of what's happening,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you'd be surprised to see the disparity between what's really happening with African-Americans and other people in the city. So right. there has to be an economic, there has to be an economic boom, right? But but Wilmington suffers from is what brain, what the psychologists call, or the sociologists rather call brain drain. Mm-hmm. Those of us who go off to school and do well Many of us don't come back, and I don't blame them. It was not my plan to ever come back, woman. Okay. Okay. Um, however, I'm I'm back, and you know I I like to be able to have an impact before I leave again. Let me put it that way.
0: But you know um, what? But you need it though. You need it, uh, uh, Terry, because I'm just going back to something that you said. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt your thought. I was just thinking that. Um, there, There is something that I did notice um, um, amongst, you know, some of the neighborhoods that I've seen here. And I mean, I didn't know what, you know, I haven't been here long enough to know what the actual reasonings are for that. Um, however, when I, one of the things that I really wanted to get out there, Terry, is to talk to people like you and talk to a lot of these um, people that are uh, entrepreneurs or professionals or, um, people that have, you know, just vision for themselves. And Of course, we're going to talk more about that, but visions for themselves, that could be an example to others to bring, to bring that up. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So we need you here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, impact is impact, whether it's internal or external. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so, again i've seen I've seen Wilmington change in a lot of ways but I've seen it not change right okay mm-hmm. and, and for in certain areas and so it's 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 interesting because I've coined the phrase um, recycled recycled effectiveness okay mm-hmm. and I coined that phrase because as I observed what was happening in Wilmington I saw the same people getting the same types of opportunities gotcha right mm-hmm. and the system kept giving them the opportunities because they knew ultimately they would not be able to have an impact
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And so you can't say that I'm not giving you the resources right. I'm giving you the resources the record proves it you can't you're not you don't have the ability to to, to do um, anything with the resources that I give you. And because I know that you can't do anything with them, I'm going to continue to give them to you because I really don't want you to have an impact. That. Mm. So <laughs> that's, that's quite, quite interesting. So uh, that's why I call it recycled ineffectiveness Yeah, because they're ineffective in what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and then what happens also is you know, there's a divide and conquer that kind of happens, right? And so you you get you, you get certain people who get in the door, and then they're they're divided from the others. And then you get those people who continue to just follow. Certain, people. I, I'm not a follower. I'm sure yeah. you could probably tell that um, by now. I'm a nonconformist So when I get in a room, to mm-hmm. meet with people, I'm going to say what's on my mind. And what I find is. Wilmington doesn't want to hear that. Mm. They don't want to hear what the actual truth is. They want to hear what they want to hear. So you can uh, you can be in favor with with them, so you can get the resources. And that's not what I believe in. Okay. I believe in I believe in challenging the status quo. You know, part of the uh, mantra for my PCG Consulting Group is challenging. Organizational performance paradigm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Also, do that at the individual level. I'm going to challenge your process, the paradigm in which you live, because that's how we see the world. And oftentimes, in order for our worlds to become different, we have to begin to see the world different. Right. But if nobody challenges that, then you get what I see there's a lot of people who are on autopilot. Mm-hmm.
3: Well,
0: you know, it. It, it, it's actually bringing me to something that I, I wanted to talk to, uh, talk about is once I, you know, when I was doing my research about you, a lot of, of this particular word, uh, came up and that's being a visionary. And, um, that's something that I, um, I see that you're, very much into because I, I, I noticed it says that you're a thought leader. And I really wanted to get into that for, for, for those who are listening right now, uh, Terry, can you explain to me what, what a thought leader actually is? Because, you know, you have motivational speakers, you have life coaches, you have transform Now you have transformation, um, coaches and things like that. What actually is a thought leader?
2: You know, it's interesting that you you asked that question um about what it is to be a thought leader and you and you you've kind of intertwined it with visionary, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm going to say that they for, for lack of a, a better explanation, mm-hmm. they are synony- synonymous, right? Because what I'm doing is, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about five or ten years from now. Okay. But, or do what do I want it to look like? Or what will it look like five yeah. or ten years five or ten years from now? New ideas, new concepts, new products, uh, what will it look like? And so I'm kind of casting out into the future what I think it'll look like. So from a thought perspective, from a thought leader perspective, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I wrote a book called Transformational Thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've concluded the transformation is an ongoing process. It's a journey. It's like going from the caterpillar to the butterfly. The butterfly never becomes a caterpillar again. Each and every step and each and every time that the butterfly uh, flaps it, it wings, its wings, it's moving into new space every time, right? It's not going back into the old space, mm-hmm. right? right. And so with that, as a thought leader, I'm always looking for thoughts that are going into new spaces, creating new, new concepts that can be implemented and used by people to make their lives better. And so from a thought leader perspective, is is giving the people the vision and the hope of what mm, gotcha. can, what can happen because what I, what I sense in Wilmington,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, in the African-American community and a lot of people is the lack of hope. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, you know, I, I'm just going to digress a little bit. Okay. You know, at one time I owned a bail bond business here.
0: Okay. That's different. Totally different.
2: from. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, but I want to, I want to take, I want to, I'm going to bring us back to leadership. Okay. Visionary, and transformational thinking. Because okay. what that business did was it gave me insight into human nature.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And so you're dealing with who you're dealing with. Um, at that time, and, and, and hey, black and white, Hispanic, Asian, you name it, everybody committed crimes. And I did extremely well in that business.
3: Okay.
2: But I saw also, that at the time I had a master's in business, I'm looking and I am, I'm observing um, folks that I'm working with. And it was a lack of hope. Um, you know, the curse for me being back in Wilmington is I see names today and I can relate to their relatives that I dealt with when I was in the bail bond business. Wow. Yeah. The greatest, the greatest treasure I got out of that is the understanding, a very clear understanding of human nature. I took that back into the corporate world where I ran a billion-dollar division of an organization. Okay, and knowing and knowing and learning what I learned over ten years in the bail bond business, mm-hmm. I was able to see the same traits in corporate America. You know, yeah. I, and I came up with a quote that says, "Blue collar criminals." Rob houses, white collar criminals rob nations. Wow! And so yeah. they're basically the same in committing crimes. The loop is a little bit more and a little bit different, um, mm-hmm. but the characteristics are the same. So I can sift through the minutiae, if you will, when right. someone is standing in front of me and giving me because I've heard all the game already. Right? Mm-hmm. And recognizes game, and so I think that's the differentiator. So as a thought leader. I can interject my learnings from me being in bail bond business and, and all the game, because I dealt with some heavy criminals. Some of them, if you've looked at the movie paid in full, uh, uh-huh. I, I know, I knew those guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. From the business. And so, um, I'm able to, you know, to, to kind of, if you for lack of a better phrase, read a person. Okay. Right. Yeah. And, well, you have, back to. Back it, you
0: have yeah. to be able to do that with, with, with the, uh, the, the business that you had. You have to be able to read someone, right?
2: Right, exactly. So now you take back that into the corporate world. Okay. And so it makes you a lot more effective. You Agreed. get the solutions much faster. You don't have to have as much conversation with people to understand them because not only do you hear what they're saying, but you feel what they're saying and you see from a body, a body motion, uh, body language uh, perspective, what they're saying as well. And so you can determine whether or not it's consistent or not. And you do that real you do that very quickly.
0: Mm. Well, that's why they say, uh, you hear people say that uh, uh, people that are uh, really big in like drug dealing and stuff are actually, a lot of them are actually brilliant. And if they would just switch over that mentality to, to something else, they probably could be a million or billionaires by now. Would you agree?
2: uh, let me tell you, I knew a guy who was a major drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Was doing federal time now. At the mm-hmm. time that he was selling drugs, he also had a contract where his company was um, laying fiber optic cable in the Pentagon. Okay. Wow. wow. In the Pentagon. Wow. <laughs> the company had a contract with the Pentagon, the U.S. Wow. government, at the same time that he was he was you know, selling drugs, and he was a major guy. That's I crazy. mean, when I say major guy, you know, his case was such that the federal government wanted to give him the federal death penalty because of 20 or 30 people that his school dismembered oh, in, yeah. in, in, in New York. Oh, yeah, and I can so see he, that. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: so he's, he's, doing, he's doing three life, three life sentences in wow. the feds. He'll never come home. Yeah. What, so wow. learning all of that about human nature Uh allowed me to be able to mix and mingle and relate to any and everyone at any level
0: understood understood so with okay let me ask you this now looking at um some of the some of the corporations that you dealt with like of course with uh, places here, Hanover Regional, and then I see uh, ExxonMobil and then McDonald's National Incubation Center. I mean, you have uh, FedEx. You have a, a lot going on that you you know you've worked with. That how did you make that switch? I mean, you you went from bail bondsman's business <laughs> to um, executive coaching, like business coaching. How was that switch for you? Well,
2: let me start. When I went to North Carolina Central University, one of the things that I noticed as a business major mm-hmm. was that all of the great people I was reading about, all the thought leaders, all the great business gurus, none of them looked like me. None of them were African American. Okay. So but one of the one of the things that I wanted to do was to, as I call it, clean up the sticky floor and smash the glass ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to get into that, that crowd, right? So that that was always a long-term goal. I took a detour. Okay. But, but as I said in that detour, um, I never forgot my business principles. I never forgot about what I learned and who I dealt with in a corporate setting. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it was it was it was just flipping a light switch. When you say you know, it, I reinvented myself to be you know, to, I reinvented myself in such a way because I understood human nature better because of having been in the bail bonding business. Uh-huh. Um, but also, I still understood that what I'm dealing with a human being, I'm dealing with people. You're just dealing with people, some who are in a corporate setting, some who are doing what they're doing in the world. But you're still dealing with people. And at the end of the day, people want the same things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you can connect the dots that way, um, it makes it much easier. So I reinvented myself. Like I said, I, I left Bonding after that i went and ran a billion dollar division of a company when i get into executive coaching i'm you know i'm sitting in meetings with executives and so all i'm doing is really analyzing their character you know their behaviors and again a lot of that i was able to pick up from the bail bond business and i was able to pick it up much faster mm. because i was able to read people faster so i knew who was a real leader and who wasn't uh, a real leader and who had up a fa- uh, had up a facade and real influencers were right and who wasn't an influencer and who could execute right you know my thing now is i like to sit at the the table with people who can execute but what you find out is most people can't execute right and Mm -hmm. so as i get into this uh, executive coaching consulting you know a, a lot of us a lot of us are not in it and we don't have the vision that i have For for what I'd like to be able to do with it, right? My Mm -hmm. vision, I'm I'm always looking at corporate America and say, okay, you know, Booz Allen Hamilton is a billion dollar um, consultancy and executive coach firm. Why can't I do the same? Right. The the challenge is being able to find and convince those people who believe you. And that's real, that, that comes from knowledge and experience. And so my knowledge and experience in corporate America led me certain people who helped me do the work with new hanover regional and now there's a ton of other opportunities that are out there um, that exist as a result of understanding that the first things first i'm dealing with a human being i'm dealing with the person and so regardless of whether they are you know a criminal activity or the executive mm-hmm. um, i know who i'm dealing with
0: is that what your biggest your challenge was during the shift from uh, bells uh, being a uh, you know from one business to the other? Was that the challenge?
2: No, the the, the challenge the cha the challenge was the stigma of the word bail bonds.
0: Ah, okay, okay.
2: People like to stick to that, and and even today, somebody may see me and say, "Hey, man, you're still in the bonding business." There's a stigma that comes along with that. You got to remember now. I went from quote, unquote, being a bail bondsman to a PhD. Mm. So how many people make that leap? So tell Not me, how many.
0: how did you make that leap though? How well, did, how did like, when people still come up to you and, and ask you that question, I mean, I, I mean, with all the, the, the accolades that you've had and all the, the, the gained experience. And of course, you know, the education that you've uh, achieved, how, how mentally did you, you make that switch? Cause that could have, it could basically. I'm gonna say it this way. It could get on your nerve. <laughs> it, was, yeah,
2: it, it could, but you. you it, yeah. it depends on how you look at the world. That's why I go back to challenging paradigms, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I never saw myself as a bail bondsman. I was a. I was a business person in the bail bonding business. So there you go. All right. So that, that's a clear distinction, and so uh-huh. everything I do, I look at it from a business perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, it just, I just so happen to be in that business. It's the business of. Of the judicial system it's the business of law it's the business of health mm-hmm. and you know uh that's why i look at certain professions in particular way because i understand that they're in a business but they may not be good business people if, if i go to an attorney today you know work with an attorney what you find is most attorneys are not good business people mm-hmm. maybe good attorneys you know, a business means that I got to handle the advertising, the marketing, the operations, the finance, the accounting. That's why they have somebody else do all that for them because they're they are what you call um, they're techies,
3: yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
2: Technicians, what they do, but they're not good business people. So I'm a business person who happened to be in those in that particular field.
0: That's a great, that, that's a great way to look at it too. So offer for for all of you all that are listening um, and Terry, I don't know if you know, I'm also a, um, I used to host a motivational podcast as well. And you brought me to a point where I always like to say that don't let what you do or doing right now define who you are. So that's a, that's a good point that you just made. Um, Letting it be you're you know, you're a businessman. You did what you did you did what you did. You know what I
2: mean? Exactly. And you know, I have a consulting business, but consulting is all about business, right? It's all about people. Even yeah. though you're consulting a business, you're consulting that individual who owns that business or those that group of individuals who own that business. And what you're really trying to do is get them to either learn a new behavior or change old behaviors. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's consistent across the board wherever you wherever you are and whatever you do, but you have to be able to understand the notes and the, the nuts and the bolts of business Which I learned all of my business acumen as a part of mobile oil because I dealt with profit and loss sheets all of the time, and I dealt with people. But more mm-hmm. importantly, I had to count those numbers and make sure that there was a profit. Um, what I, I did, so my business acumen was earned there. So. Mm-hmm become a business person and my undergraduate was in business and my master's is in business and my PhD is in business. So that all equals to being a business person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also working um what I see from outside looking in, you're also about
2: people. Yes. Everything mm-hmm. begins with and ends with people. Right. Yeah. We, we we can talk about technology all uh, you know We can talk about technology um, as long as we want to. uh, We can look at these devices that we have. And I'll tell you, 18 hours of my PhD is in information systems management. But what I realized was that it was really about the people. Because people create technology. People create product, performance, productivity, product, and profit. Okay. Well,
0: let's... Let's do this. Let's dig a little deeper into some, uh, something that I wanted to talk about. And that's your, your book. And it's, it's a book and it's an audio. It's the uh, Personal Mastery is Time to Transform, Inspire, Motivate and Empower. Now, I see that you wholeheartedly believe in preparation and strategy. Uh, tell us more about that.
2: Well, I think everything in life is strategy. When I, when, I, when, I, when I get up in the morning, um, if I decide to breakfast or go out to get something to eat, that's strategy.
3: Yeah.
2: At, at the end of, of that, I got to determine, you know, if I go out to spend, how much am I going to spend? What, is that, what else is that going to impact, right? right? So that's strategy. If I decide to go out the door and get in the car and go to Walmart, whichever route I decide to take, it's, it's strategy. It's strategic, right? Right, And so I bring it down to that level simply because, well, a lot of people hear strategy, you know, they're thinking corporations and organizations, mm-hmm. but we have to have personal strategies, right? As I, I think I've mentioned to you, it's about playing chess, not playing checkers, right? Yeah. And so it's about the the, the, the the optimal use of your resources, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and regardless of what resources you may or may not have, you, you want to be able to conserve what you have. Yeah. You want to be able to think, right? Mm-hmm. How you go to school, where you go to school, why you're going to school. All of that's really strategy and nobody's really told us that. You really hear that when you get into the business field, that right. this is strategy. But everything we do in life is strategy. And part of the challenge as African-Americans is we don't think that particular way, right? And as a result of that, when we look at our businesses, you know, they're small, they're not scaling across the country. They're not scaling even even regionally. Um, we're not set, really setting them up for uh, real success, right? Yeah. We're setting it up so that we look successful to other people, but internally the business may not be successful. Um, and, and and that's because that's a lack of strategic planning. That's a uh, that's a lack of lack of vision. Um, There's a lack of being a thought leader. Uh, because once you create your business, you have to have, have to understand that your business no longer belongs to you; it belongs to those who you serve.
0: Mm. Mm. Got it. Got it. Well, listen. In bringing that up, it, you, while I was reading through some of the highlights of your book, you know what I? How can I say this? You know what I didn't expect, and and I really loved. I had the assumption, and you mentioned this, that the information that you had shared with me. um, it was more on the business coaching vibe you know all about corporate and business but as i kept reading i was pleasantly surprised that it was it was more of a life thing it offered you know life strategies and i and i saw that you had offered some tips with you know personal strategic planning and focus your energies on what's important eliminating and anxiety and doubt i love that I love that. And uh, so I want to thank you for that. Thank you for sending that to me. And, you know, one of the things uh, that I really want to touch on and that I thought was so unique is that you put in the book why um, you had a topic about uh, legacy statement. Why was that so important to you to put that in the book?
2: Oh, You know, whether we whether we know it or not, we all leave a legacy.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. And, you know. Oftentimes we don't plan what that legacy mm. um, is or we want that legacy to be,
3: yeah. you
2: know, <clears throat> you know, give you an example of something. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: when you go to Harvard University and you're going to the MBA program in your very first class, the first thing they ask you to do is to write your eulogy.
3: Mm.
2: Write your own eulogy, yeah. because what you're actually doing is writing out how you want to be seen. When your time comes and you no longer exist, that means that how you're going to be seen, all of those things you have to be able to bring to fruition
3: hmm.
2: before you cease to exist. So we don't think about legacy because oftentimes we don't think we don't think about you know what the end might look like for us, right? Right. Right. Um, but being a systems thinker, meaning that. Being a systems thinker, it means that if you ask me to build a bridge Mm -hmm. across the Cape Fear River, I'm going to build the bridge backwards. I'm going to go to the other side of the bridge in the Brunswick County area, and then I'm going to build it back to New Hanover County. I'm not going to build it moving forward. I'm going to build it backwards. I'm going to start there and come back here. Right. Right. Lots of reasons. Right. So legacy is about what is it that I want to leave and why do I want? To leave it. I can tell you where I am in my life today. Everything that I do right now is about legacy.
3: Mm.
2: It's about what I'm leaving, right? And so, you know, with some of the moves that I'm making from a business perspective, um, it is about legacy, what I want to leave when I'm no longer here, and and how others, you know, should be taken care of when I'm no longer here. Um, That's something that we don't do. You know, we lose, we lose, uh, we lose, you know, land, we lose businesses. um, We lose all kinds of things because we don't do a good job at planning, what our legacy, we want our legacy to be, and we don't set it up and we don't think about that. We're thinking about the here and the now, and we're thinking about um, what I can get for myself right now. Mm -hmm. Well, I've stopped thinking about what I can get for myself some time ago. Hmm.
3: It's
2: about what I can create from yeah. a legacy perspective, to leave. And so that's where I am with my life. It's about legacy.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm going to make sure that I um, put the link down at the bottom. And for everyone that's listening, I'm going to make sure that I put the link down below because I, uh, taking a look at this, I think that everyone should... Uh, purchase this, this book, whether it be in, you know, a book or audio or however, I I think it's wonderful just from the little bit that I've read. So thank you so much, Terry, for that.
2: And let me make this suggestion. Yeah. This is something that every year you can revisit, you know, people do their new year's resolutions, right? Yeah. You can revisit this as often as you like, because the process is there. What I've given you is a process for whatever changes you want to make you can go through this process to get where you want to go. And most importantly, what I think and what I would love to do and, and I wanted to do when I first created it, because I created that in 2013, okay. is, to do, is to do workshops on it, right? Mm. But mm. people don't take themselves serious enough to get into planning who they are. Because oftentimes what happens when people really start to dig into themselves, they realize that they're not who they think they are. They're not who they how. Not who and who their friends think they are. Right? Yeah. Um, it's it's quite interesting when you start to get into that kind of work. But I've been into that kind of work for a long time.
0: Mm, you learn a lot about yourself. That's for certain. Yes. Yes, you <laughs> sure do. And now, but I but I I truly believe that being honest with yourself about yourself—that's the only way that you're going to be able to. Uh, to move forward in your life in, in general, you know, just be honest, <laughs> you know, I'm lazy. <laughs> you know yeah, what I
2: mean? That, yeah, you got to accept it in order to make it better. Right.
0: That's right. That's right. And you also afforded me something else that I actually printed out and I'm going to put this on my bulletin board. It's it's going to be like a little cheat sheet for me of actions that need to be done. And I, I think in order to be successful, and that's the 11 P's, for uh transformational thinking
2: yes absolutely
0: do, do you want me to read i want to read it i want to read what they are do you okay, want to read
2: go, ahead. No, just, okay. go, go right ahead
0: okay let me see I, I got my glasses on but i don't have the right ones on so if i make a mistake just go ahead and correct me <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: okay. Uh,
0: potential principles passion politics people purpose plans processes perseverance pliability and perception. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. So is that something that, that um, is in the book? Is, is it something that you created for your um,
2: your coaching sessions? That is a model. There's a model that is in the book, that is created in the book. And, and, and under every P of, of the 11 Ps, there is a at least two to three paragraphs around it's actually means and how to actually go about utilizing these peas to transform how you think. Because, again, transformation and change are two different things. Yeah. Change can be reversed. Transformation can't be reversed. I gave the example of the butterfly, excuse me, the caterpillar to the butterfly, right? The, cat- the bat- butterfly never becomes a caterpillar again. So P7, these 11 peas are part of a process of transformation that you continue to evaluate as you continue to want to uh, go through the journey of transformation because transformation is not about a destination. It's truly a journey. So this model is in the book. There are three other models in the book as well. So in this book, there are four models that will help you learn how to uh, change your thinking so that you can ultimately bring to fruition whatever it is like to be able to bring to fruition.
0: Love it. Love it. And would you consider yourself as being more so a transformational uh, coach?
2: Yes, I'm into transformation. Okay, Um, uh, Yeah. I've done change management and change leadership. uh, But but I really like I like trans. I like transformation because, as I said, the, the distinction that I made was change can be reversed. And I'll give you an example. We can decide. Hey, my resolution is I'm gonna change. Uh, uh, i I'm, I'm, I'm gonna change by losing 15 pounds, right? You yeah. can go out there and run and and, and decide that you're gonna eat differently, and you losing 15 pounds. And you said, "Oh man, this is great." But what you didn't work on is the mental piece Absolutely. of it. The, yes. the, the lifestyle change, right? That that, that 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 has to happen for you to maintain it and to sustain it, right? Yeah. And so, lifestyle isn't really. The, the, Change isn't the right word because it's not a lifestyle change, it's a transformation to becoming something and somebody different, right, in order to sustain it. And that's what we miss. That's why, you know, you hear people talk about, well, I tried this before and it didn't work. Well, it wasn't a transformation. So I like transformation versus change.
0: I love it. It takes longer. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the, uh, another thought that I was thinking, like, uh, again, with me doing like encouragement and motivation, and then you'll see like on all these different posts on people's Facebook pages and Instagram pages of all these different memes that give you encouragement and stuff like that. But yeah, that's great for <laughs> for that first uh, few minutes that you read it, and maybe an hour or two afterwards. But what are you doing? Like you said, what are you doing after that? You know, when you get that moment that that sets you back, you know what I'm saying? What What exactly. is going to to um keep you consistent and and make permanent change? So I uh, totally agree with you on that.
2: So and that's what's needed in this Wilmington area.
3: Yeah,
0: 100
2: percent right. transformation. Right, got it. I, I believe in this, and I'm a, this is being the last thing I, I say because I know we we're at the end. You know, fire is very interesting because fire destroys, but fire also nourishes, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes all you have to do is ask the farmer. When a farmer wants to increase the nutrients in the soil in which he's farming, he sets it on fire. Mm. So (laughs) um, we have to be able to understand how fire can be used. Um, for the for the greater good, because oftentimes old models, mm-hmm. old paradigms, have to be set on fire in order for new paradigms to be love created. It. Love it, love it. So, I, I have a, a, a
0: personal question to ask you, and, and you can decline to to, to not answer, um, but I do like to. Um, to get in people's business a little bit. So, <laughs> so most speakers and, and coaches and, and and people that I know uh speak through experience. So uh, the principles that you laid out to help to help someone else transform you know, their lives or business um is that from personal experiences or is that like like just knowledge? You know what I'm saying? Like it take us to a time when you may have to use your own advice.
2: I mean, I've, I've used my own advice all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and so back in 2003, mm-hmm. when I was in the bonding business and I was looking around, seeing what I wanted to do. And, I, you know, I always evaluate me. And so I said, you know what? I don't like the person that I see in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And, and as a result of that, what I wanted to do is I'm going to transform. So I went on my own personal transformational journey. Mm-hmm. I wrote out my, I wrote out a, 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 a mission statement for myself in seven words, a purpose statement, a philosophy, if you want to call it that. Okay. Seven words is helping others improve their quality of life. But mm. so that's all encompassing, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'll be, I went on my journey and I'm still on my journey of, of uh, transformation. I'm enrolled in a course now called uh, Creativity and Personal Mastery by Dr. Kumar Rao who taught it at the Columbia School of Business, Harvard, Yale, London School of Business, I'm one of his personal students now, right? So I'm always working on, on me and becoming,
3: uh-huh. becoming,
2: uh, becoming better. So, you know, uh, answer your question, um, personal experiences and knowledge, right? So yeah. it's a combination of both. But my personal experiences drove me to my transformation. And as I go through that transformation, uh-huh. I continue to pick up knowledge to continue to be transformed.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. And how was the transformation for you? Was it a struggle or was it an easy one? Uh, come on, tell us. Tell <laughs> us. Yeah.
2: It's always a struggle. Because, <laughs> again, because it's about the creation of a new being, right? Yeah. So it's it's the discarding of the old being and the creation of a new being and deciding what it is you want. Again, I, you know, that, that was around the time that I was getting out of bonding. So I had to shed all of that, mm. right, in order to... To, to re-engage with the corporates and to be much better than I was before, right? I w- I've always been a performer, right?
3: Yeah.
2: You know, I, I'm at that time, I'm getting out of bonding. I finished my master's in business at the same time I was in bonding. So at the same time I'm in bonding, I begin the PhD process. And if you know anything about the PhD process, that in and of itself is also a transformational uh, process, oh, yes. right? Because- wow. Yeah, so, so I begin that, and I'm on my own personal um, uh, transformation. And so, all, of course, all that connects together because it's all involving me. And so you, you look at you for who you are. Uh, you either like what you see, you don't like what you see. You understand, you know, the necessary uh, changes. You don't necessarily know how everything is going to happen, but you have, as I mentioned to you very early on in the conversation, you mm-hmm. have an unwavering faith, right? And so yeah. I have an unwa- not a not a not just faith because I hear too many people talk about faith, 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 faith. Yeah. You know what? Faith leaves room for doubt, right? Unwavering faith doesn't leave room for doubt. Love it. And so for me, it was about it, uh, but I, that was something I had to learn through my readings. I came across I came across with this unwavering faith in my transformational journey as I began to pick up knowledge about who. And what it is I wanted to do. Ultimately, I wanted to be.
3: Mm. Mm.
0: Yes, yes. You know what? I'm going to tell a little story, something that was funny. And I I don't want to take up too much of your time. (laughs) My mother, um, she was going for her doctorate in education and she was doing her. Her. um, What is it called? Thesis her thesis
2: dissertation dissertation
0: her dissertation and she was you know I helped her type because she really couldn't type very fast at the time and so I helped her type it and you know how long that process takes mm-hmm. and do you know like the day before or I don't remember two days before we lost that her whole file in that computer mm-hmm. Now that's a different kind of transformation.
2: <laughs> yes, it is. It makes you say some things. Yes, yes it
0: does. She had a different kind of transformation mm-hmm. for that one. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: That's absolutely correct. Cause that's a lot of work.
0: Oh my goodness. I can't even, I can't even tell y'all. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I can only imagine.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so listen, Terry, if someone or a business is interested in your services, how do they go about getting in touch with you?
2: Well, you know, um, I like to be real personal, right? Um, okay. You know, so I, I can give you an email, terry at uh, and or I can give you, hey, nine one zero two three two zero four two five, right? You can find me on LinkedIn, you can find me on LinkedIn where I do a lot of business posting, or you can find me on Facebook where I, can, I combine history with business simply because you can't separate one from the other.
0: Hmm. Awesome,
2: well, know, again, it is the business of history, we have to understand that, and, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. we yeah. gotta understand it.
0: So, to um, just for you guys again that's listening, I'm gonna make sure that I put all his links at the bottom of the uh of my posting as well as um in the description box in the uh podcast because I want you to be able to to get a hold of him, purchase all any material that he has, um, visit his website, whatever you guys need to do to um to get into Mr. Mr. Uh Terry here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to get into, yeah, to get into Mr. Jackson so that he can help you uh accomplish your goals for business, personal, whatever that you need them for so so what's next for you because i I heard you say workshops is is that what's what's uh, you're Mm -hmm. working
2: on Mm -hmm. what's next that's a great question um because i'm a business person that means that i have my tentacles a lot of place right And i have a lot of interest right Mm um i'm working on um i'm working on a deal now uh i've had a couple conversations with the president of the congo and so i'm working on a deal with the congo I'm working on a deal with another health uh, institution. Nice. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm working on a deal. some uh, People have asked me if I'd be interested in the possibility of exploring some, some opportunity of creating a management group and owning X amount of uh, uh, a fast food franchise, right? Mm. Um, so, you know, I... I, I um, I've, I've, I've created a business uh, for my daughter, and uh, so I work on helping her build that. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, there are lots of interests that I have mm-hmm. um, uh, in business, because I'm a business person who owns a consultancy, but um, I have a lot of other different interests and opportunities that present themselves. Um, I'm on the board of Colorado University uh, mm-hmm. And I'm looking at doing some leadership things out of there, continuing the education piece, uh, part of the university, uh, some workshops out of that. Uh, some workshops is a part of the part of the, the equation, but it's just it's just it's it's you know just it's it's a lot, and so for me, I gotta you know, be able to focus it in and focus it down, and it has to be consistent with uh, my purpose.
0: Uh, Absolutely, it does. Absolutely, it does. Now, if you could offer our listeners some words of advice or encouragement that you want to leave us with, do you have anything you'd like to say?
2: Sometimes we have to act our way to thinking. Hmm. Too often we get caught in the process of thinking too much before we act. So we suffer that paralysis, right? Yeah. In order to make quantum leaps in life, quantum leaps are not logical. So you can't think through them you have to just act and part of what I've done and I've experienced quantum leaps in my life so I know that they actually exist uh, I can go to my contract with the with the regional but mm-hmm. now it's time to make another quantum leap right
3: hmm.
2: and so for that to happen again it's not it's not logic it's just it's doing Right, yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He and I tried to make this quantum leap together. We were talking about the things that he did wrong on day one. Right, so yeah. I'm sitting there looking at the game. I'm like, "Hey, you, guess what? Tomorrow's a new day. Start the quantum leap tomorrow as well." Right, and so it's about a lot of it's about acting, not knowing how, knowing the why, but not knowing the how. Yeah, and it's interesting how the universe brings the how together for you.
0: Ooh. Oh, you said you said something right there. <laughs> you said something right there. I'm going to do a whole thing on uh, living and leaping.
2: Yep, yep, yep. And then what we're making is a quantum leap. And, you know, when I visited Silicon Valley, I visited a bunch of companies out there. And I was wondering, what makes them so different out here on the West Coast and how they think versus how we think on the East Coast? And then more specifically, as we talk about the African-American community, right? And yeah. so, you know, they don't... We think exponentially, right? Mm. They don't think sequentially. We think one through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, right? You think two, four, sixteen, two fifty-six, four, 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 fifty-six, fifty-six, about you know four billion. That's how they think. So if you take one, two, three, four, five, if you go five, their five steps is getting them to. Four billion and our five steps is getting us from one to five. And that's
0: something. Um, hmm.
2: That's quantum.
0: Yeah. That's
2: exponential. And so we have to begin to quantum and exponentialness. So again, for me, it's time to make another quantum leap, another exponential leap. And that's the process that I'm thinking myself through right now.
0: Great. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Terry, thank you so much for coming on today's show. Please keep me informed. Anything that you have coming up that you want to talk about, if you have some workshops or if you have, you know, any just any projects or anything, please come back on the show so that I can let our listeners know and and so we can keep up with you.
2: Okay. Okay. That sounds good. Thank you so very much. Uh, Again, it was an honor and a pleasure to be a guest on your show.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. And listen, y'all, we're going to be out of here. That's it for today's episode. Home is where the heart is. And my heart is in Wilmington. Talk to y'all later.